see attraction. So um, just some level of proof that you're solving a customer problem and the customer has somehow validated that for you. Not not an assumption, not a thesis, not a um, not a survey of five people. Welcome to Startup West, the podcast about building scalable tech startups in sunny Western Australia. My name is Beth Cornelia. And I'm Charlie Gunningham. And in this episode, we're talking with Derek Gerrard, one of Perth's most high-profile startup investors. He's currently the entrepreneur in residence at the RAC, manager of the Better Lab Ventures, also entrepreneur in residence at Plus 8 Tech Accelerator. He's been a successful startup entrepreneur himself with GreenSense and was recently awarded Achiever of the Year at the Whiter Insight Awards. He is certainly an overachiever. I think that uh, in addition to sitting on a variety of boards to everything that you just said, Charlie, he's currently involved in 10 different things. So, a, a very, very busy guy and we know you'll enjoy this talk with Derek. Welcome to Startup West, Derek. Thank you. Good to be here. Thanks for having me. We're very happy to have you. And we, well, you do a lot of things. So, could you tell us, could you give us a bit of a rundown and in particular what you do in the startup scene? But we know you do a lot. So, give us the list. I think uh, these days it's described as the portfolio life. Mm -hmm. But um, so, right now, I'm the entrepreneur in residence for the Plus 8 program that SpaceCube runs. I'm also the entrepreneur in residence for the RAC, helping their strategic innovation team. Uh, I run the Better Labs uh, Venture Fund, which is backed by the RAC. Also then uh, director of a private equity group called Go Capital, that invests in technology companies. Um, Also a director of my own angel investment social impact investing group called Purpose Ventures. Uh, This keeps going. So, um, sorry, (laughs) sorry. How many are you counting? I am chairman of Alika, which is a digital marketing company. I'm the chairman of Curve Tomorrow, which is a digital health company. Uh, Also the chairman of the Meridian Global Foundation. Yes, I know that one uh, quite well. Yep, know that one. Good. And uh, and then I actually pastor a church two days a week. So, so that is nine. That's nine. nine things, is it? Okay. Yeah. That's incredible. Excellent. So when do you sleep? Does that ever happen? Is uh, this yeah, well, the thing you do? Yeah, Are do. you human? <laughs> actually, you know, I've been um, this balance of kind of doing corporate work and then some stuff in the church. I've actually been doing that for about 12, 13 years. Wow. Uh, and so I've always had this three day focus of corporate stuff and then mm-hmm. a couple of days doing other things. Mm-hmm. And and had Fridays off through that whole whole time. So mm. it's something I've learned over the years how you, how to kind of just I guess maximize your time. Yep. And, uh, but the sleep is a very important part of that. Ah, <laughs> the there we go. That, so, so, so I think we'll focus in on plus eight. Yeah. And better Labs. Yeah. We'd, could you tell us a little more? Maybe we can start with Better Labs because sure. we know that's quite a, a fantastic mm. uh, vehicle for for investment uh, here in Perth. Only really active investor. Yeah. Around. Yeah, kind of. I mean, I think the there's States. yeah. Uh, I, I don't Ventures is probably the other one, Gary okay. Macbeth, and they, they've got sort of $10 million fund, and they're not just focused in WA, but um, I mean, there's lots of people talking about funds, but in terms of people that can hand on their hearts, say, we've right. got money and we're writing deals, that mm-hmm. is probably the only other one that I'm aware of. Um, accelerated commercialization. Uh, yes, but for, yes, grant money, absolutely, the yeah. best yes. kind. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> probably talk about that at some point, I'm sure, yes. uh, today. But uh, yeah, so Better Labs is, is cool. So um, the RAC has been on this innovation journey for a number of years, uh, sort of last seven or eight years, and they um, have been incubating their own uh, businesses internally um, for the last three three odd years. Uh, and so they asked me to get involved to help as the entrepreneur in residence with those people starting those um, internal businesses. So I had been doing that for about six months. And interestingly, on their plan, they had this uh, context of um, 
uh, speculative investments, they called it. Yeah. But they hadn't really kind of figured out how to get that going. And so once I was there and understood what they were trying to do, we talked about the idea of what a, a seed capital fund would look like, how we could structure that, how we um, could run a process that's uh, made it startup friendly, but also um, kind of ticked the box on the governance that someone like the RAC's investor was going to require. Yeah. Uh, and so I think once they'd seen that we were able to do that, um, that got approved in September last year. So, um, that's advertised as a $3 million fund. We're trying to build up a portfolio of, of 10 local companies. So, the investments are in the sort of $300,000 yep. uh, type mark. We've um, we started that with PowerLedger. We've just done a business called Complete Home Filtration, um, which is also, obviously, yeah, mm-hmm. been a recipient. Of, um, they well. should be on the podcast, Yeah, actually. I want to get Suzanne on the podcast. Yeah, Great. I won't be understanding yeah. things she says because it's <laughs> her accent. No, I'm joking. <laughs> no, don't listen to this, Suzanne. Um, <laughs> uh, yeah, great business. And we're just literally closing our third. I thought I might have been able to uh, let you know by today, but almost, but no, it's okay. not quite there. We'll um, eagerly await to hear about that one then. Yeah, so, and that's going really well. And um, look, there's no, there's nothing definitive at the moment, but what I can say is there's a lot of positivity from the investment committee and exec um, that are behind Better Labs. Mm. And I think that's going to um, probably have some even better news coming in the not too distant future. Oh, fantastic. Um, yeah, so, you're going to make seven more investments. How many people have applied? Last time I asked this, it was over 90. So. Yeah, up to 131 I checked before I came in. So, right. so quite stringent uh, requirements for investment then by the sound uh, of it. Sort of. Like we have um, what we call emerging innovation, sorry, emerging innovation domains. So, um, obviously, the RAC can't just have this blanket, we'll invest in everything. So, we've kind of got pretty clear on the, the six or seven areas that we'll look at. So, obviously, mobility and insurance makes sense. And if there's innovation there, we'll, we'll look at that. But beyond that, we're looking at things like clean tech, uh, what we call the third age, so the aging population, mm-hmm. products and services for that. Um, we have a category called life, work and money. So, what does the future of life look like, the future of work look like, and mm-hmm. how people will think and treat their money. So, we've kind of got some criteria. Mm-hmm. Um, we will invest pre-revenue, uh, So, uh, but that's not a code for just come to us with an idea. Right. That needs to be very <laughs> yeah. clear, which happens a little bit. Uh, but we're looking for very much um, a clear pathway to revenue. Um, and, and the best way to start is just go to Better Labs. Uh, BetterLabsVentures.com.au. Ventures. And you can actually apply online. Yep, take about 15 minutes. Um, and then once that comes in, our team will look at it. And if it it's it's close enough to our investment criteria, we'll bring you in for a pitch. So they don't bother you for a coffee? Uh, yes, you've probably heard that. I know. I'd, I'd love to have more coffees with people. And I have to be slightly rude and say I don't have time for that. Sorry. Yeah, I'm doing nine things apparently. So. Yay! You just found that out today. 131 have formally put in that application online, and then you've uh, yep. got three investments, and you presumably got a few in due diligence. Yeah, a couple or... in due diligence at the moment. We've, I think, we've bought in 25. 25 for pitching, about 10 of those have made it to DD and three have been invested in. And then we've got a couple always on the go, really. So there's the a nice process you go through. So they get to that's come great. and do like a one hour pitch. Yeah, they usually get to one the hour. First stage. Yep, that's right. One hour 25 pitch. of the 131 have got to that stage. And yeah. then 10 of those have gone further. Yep. And so far, you've announced two, but about announced two. There will be three, yeah, for sure. So, yeah. so three, three out of 100, which is probably about right from what I was seeing in the investment um, things I was doing prior to that, actually. So Yeah, it is, actually. It's the same with, with me. I think I took I saw 203 companies last year okay. and took six to Canberra. So, similar, so yeah. Yeah, three out of 100. Yeah, I think yeah. that's about, about the odds and yep, sounds right. Fantastic. And now, there's another, is it six that you're working with on the Plus 8 Accelerator? Uh, five, 
we've got five, five companies. Okay. Yep. That's right. So yeah, they're going well. We look, we've got one month left to go. So the way the plus eight accelerator works is uh, we have five investors basically or sponsors, and each of them get an investment in the companies that come into the cohort. So this is the third year that plus eights run. Um, we, Tim Brewer has been the EIR yeah. prior, but of yeah. course he's busy doing functionally, yes, which is great. And yeah. a previous Startup West podcast, uh, mm-hmm. was yes. yes. So yeah, it's just going on on Tim for many years. In fact, we were uh, Tim helped me bring Innovation Bay to WA. Right. A lot of people oh, don't know that. Yes. Oh, well, you know, uh, well, he I've doesn't just do that, that anymore. Yeah, but I'm probably going to jump back in as an ambassador role shortly. So they, they've got their team sorted out, which that is makes great. A nice even ten then. That's right. <laughs> Round up, yeah. you know. <laughs> um, like that one, and many others. I'm hoping I have to actually do too. <laughs> just needs to have a good team. That's yes. that's, that's so kind of key. Eight. You've got the yeah. five on there going through it with a month to go. There's a big demo day, presumably. In yeah, mid and sort of second week of September, yeah. I think. Yeah. And they get, uh, what, 50, 60 grand? Yeah. So, is that the deal? That's right. So, we basically, the program is that there's usually about $500,000 worth of investment, and depending on, we'll take five to 10 companies, and then we divide that up depending right. on the number of companies. So, they're going to end up somewhere between fifty and 100000 Um Again, program will run similar to that next year. And, and we interviewed them all on a bonus episode. Oh, that's right. Mm-hmm. Of course. Uh, yeah. Yeah. Back. So go back. If you haven't, go rock and roll back in your feed and have a listen to all five of them. We did a quick five-minute grabs. Yes. Yeah. And there's some awesome different companies. Businesses. They are, yeah. I find it interesting because I like for me, Mondays is with Plus 8 and I'm in five different companies in five hours. I spend an hour with each of them. And then I get to Tuesday and, and with the RAC, uh, there's like four or five businesses again. So, mm. every week in the space of 24 hours, I'm having to switch my head between <laughs> like eight or nine companies and kind of try and somehow give some advice on helping them grow and things. It's interesting. And see, now this is interesting because you do have your own startup experience with GreenSense originally, yeah? Yeah. Yeah, so can you take us back to how that all started and and your experience growing and then exiting your own startup? Sure, yeah. So GreenSense was founded uh, formally at the beginning of 2008. Uh, Actually, what a lot of people don't realize, there was was three Mm co-founders and the three of us had worked at a consulting business beforehand called Change Corporation. Mm-hmm. It was actually my two co-founders that had the idea for GreenSense. Uh-huh. Uh, one of them, in fact, we were all kind of techie and software-based, but one of them had a bit more of a bent to enterprise architecture. One had environmental bent, and I had probably a bit more of a commercial bent. Mm-hmm. So they actually approached me and said, "Would I like to get involved?" And I wasn't doing a lot, and thought, "Hey, yeah, sounds good." And what we were trying to do, like climate change and sustainability, was quite high in the public agenda at the mm-hmm. time. And we just thought, "Well, we've been building software and tech for people for all these years. How could we take our skills and apply it to something?" that we care a bit more about and build something. That was kind of the original hypothesis. And uh, and so GreenSense eventually became a software product which helped um, commercial buildings manage their energy, water, right. and waste consumption. Nice. Mm. Which actually is funny. When I, the very first job I ever had when I left uni, mm. uh, the local council that I worked for used GreenSense, oh, funnily right. enough. Okay. So, yeah, so that's yeah. how I was like, I've heard yeah, of these guys before. Yeah, we had most of the local governments yeah. in Perth um, mm-hmm. were a yeah, client of ours. So it, was, yeah. it was one of the, the sectors that really helped us grow, actually. Because yeah. if you imagine, they've got lots of buildings and of things course. to manage energy yeah. from. So. so, you were getting data from some of their devices? Or yeah, so some, some, buildings. some buildings, commercial buildings, have building management systems in, and quite often they'd have meters all over the place, but right. actually weren't really using the data. Um, or in some cases, we would actually put that infrastructure in and we take the data off. Dashboards and making it meaningful. Yeah, and, and telling stories. Problems. And like a lot of the drive, really, I, I guess if you think about what was the customer 
problem. They ultimately wanted to save energy or save water. For some of those, it was because of environmental concern, and for others, it was just a genuine cost-saving yeah. uh, requirement. So, yeah, so probably over two years, we built the product um, before we launched and commercialised that. In fact, the precursor to your accelerating commercialisation program, mm. um, the CA grant. Australia. Yeah, yeah, the other way around. Flip mm. the acronym. <laughs> um, <laughs> let's not go there. <laughs> yeah, we got a grant from them, which is great. Um, we went through two rounds of private equity funding. And again, little story a lot of, not a lot of people know is that Matt McFarlane, who was one of the you know real, I guess, early venture funds in mm. Perth, um, didn't invest in us um, because I worked part-time, interestingly enough. Did or didn't? Um, because, because I worked part-time, they didn't invest. Right. Um, which is kind of ironic because I always ask founders these days, if you're not full-time in the business, I won't invest, even though yeah. I Even, even though, though you also like weren't, yeah. Um, and, and, and fair call to Matt. But what Matt did do, which was amazing, was introduce me to the Lend-Lease Venture Fund, who then introduced me to a very high net worth individual who became our, our main private equity funder. Right. So once that happened, we moved to Melbourne, expanded nationally and got profitable, and, and eventually the business was acquired. After about six years? Uh, yeah, seven, I think. Seven years? Yeah, seven, and, seven and how years. was that acquisition handled? Did that come? Is that something you're looking for? Did they approach you? Did... Um, no, we actually. Um, I wasn't actually working full time in the business at the time. So my co-founder Fabian Legay mm-hmm. Bereton was running yeah. the company, and there was a French energy company that was looking to set up in Perth, and basically tapped us on the shoulder. We the shareholders liked the deal, but we thought if we're going to sell, let's go to a few strategic clients and see if uh, they're interested. And, and two of them were, and I think we had a, a preference for one of those to be our acquiring party because we'd been working with them for some time. Yes. And so, we, it was actually quite nice. We had a little three-way bidding war, I guess, for a period of time. And, Correct. Um, it's what and, everyone wants. <laughs> yeah. And then, so, the company was bought by ERM Power, which is a listed uh, electricity All right. uh, retailer So in the, on the East Coast. So, you were at ChangeCorp before that, mm. but you're not originally Perth-born and raised. I think you're from the UK. No. Well, that like depends me. on the conversation, actually. Uh-huh. <laughs> <laughs> I claim my heritage, depending on what we're talking about. So, right. it's about the cricket coming up, so I might have to... But yes, no, I was actually born in the UK. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that, I, so, I, I'll switch it depending, but no. So, born in the UK. Yeah, that's right. So, um, born in born in Southampton, yeah. Uh, my parents migrated when I was five, mm-hmm. so grew up in Perth, so Perth's basically Pretty home. Perth yeah, uh, went to uni here. Um, That's cool. Sound. Were you a bit of a leader? Do you have business ideas? Were you entrepreneurial? Were you- uh, I wouldn't have realised I was entrepreneurial, but looking back, I, I definitely had this. You know, I really liked starting things, and I definitely liked leading things. I used to lead kids camps and so I was head boy at the school I went to oh, and okay. things so yeah I think leadership that, potential seen early <laughs> yeah so you go so <laughs> uh, yeah so which school are we talking about uh, St Mark's Anglican mm-hmm. in lovely Hillary's in Hillary's yeah okay. yep, so it was a oh uh, yeah great great school so uh, from there uni uni got kicked out actually of UWA oh. <laughs> let's not talk about that but I did <laughs> I got a letter saying previous podcast did you do <laughs> yeah that's not the first time oh, we that, right? that today <laughs> share something coming really <laughs> Yeah, uh, no, ECU, I did. Yeah, did. Oh. yeah, yeah. So I got uh, yeah the letter said, please don't come back, um, which I have been How since. Polite of them. Nice. What but, course were you doing? Uh, so it was computer science. Mm-hmm. And then I rolled into, when I went to ECU, it was a business degree, but in information systems. Mm-hmm. And when I graduated, I was really fortunate to get a job with PwC. And it was right around the dot-com boom time. Right. And so they took me to the US and got some US experience and then went to Melbourne. Uh, and a lot of the work was... Uh, them putting, like I was a Dakota developer and I got put onto projects where they would take an equity position in the 
Um, it's funny because we don't call them startups anymore. Well, we didn't call them startups like then. then. It was like dot com companies. Com, yeah. yeah, like Charlie ah, had a dot com yeah, company. Yeah, he didn't have a startup. Ah, he had a dot com. Different terminology then. <laughs> yeah, it's right. Everyone which is interesting. Yeah. Ah. Yeah, you remember. <laughs> yeah, so they would put people like me on a project, take an equity position, and we develop some stuff. And so, but a really cool experience just being at that level in that era yeah. and seeing what happened and what didn't work. And um, from there, was working with them in New Zealand and then eventually moved to London for three years. Amazing experience. Working really for Barclays Bank. Yeah. Mm. So interesting, actually. Like, I, working with Barclays Bank, one, a few of the projects were bringing, um, well, in fact, this, the dot com experience was bringing product catalogs online for the first time. You, you probably remember this, right? <laughs> Beth doesn't, but you probably will remember. Are they always <laughs> online? Isn't that yeah, what they Yeah, weren't they always online? They weren't always online. No. Ah, and, there you go. Um, and just thinking, like, just getting people to transact online with the credit cards for the first time and that right. whole kind of Over, that education. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then when I worked for the bank, that was bringing the bank online for the first time. And yeah. um, I was working in the international banking area. And again, just things that we take for granted these days. Yes. Um, but really banking cool. Banking was one of the first to move online, wasn't mm, it? Yeah. 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 And they used to, I mean, some of them probably still do, but, you know, there was all the security dongles that you used to have to carry around to mm-hmm. get the, you know, sort of authentication and mm-hmm. things. And so you've actually got a long history. I mean, you're a very young man. Thank you, actually, Derek. But you've got a lot of <laughs> computer science and all this amazing sort of tech experience, computer coding, mm. to doing your own, well, to doing the dot com stuff. Yep. And then in the banking, and then doing Green Sense. Yeah, or even Change Corp, obviously, tech and Change Corp. And that grew phenomenally. Or QuickFlix came out of Change Corp. Yeah, that's right. Example. Yeah, or similar, yeah, same kind of guys. Yeah. 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 And then ended up sort of being on the other side. Sort of yeah, funding and investing in them, which was never the plan. <laughs> what am I doing? <laughs> so tell us about how you got there and how you found it as uh, well. Well, I think when um, so I just I'd stepped out of Green Sense just probably about a year before it was sold, and um, had hooked up with um, a friend of mine who had a funds management background and um, and a, a third um, business partner as well. And so we, we set up Go Capital, and the, the the thinking was we sort of had access to a investor network. Um, there wasn't a lot of private money being put into. Tech Technology at the time, so we kind of thought with his funding experience, the other partners' kind of governance and strategy experience, and my tech experience, maybe there was something we could pull off. And um, and then not long after we'd set that up, actually we had the Green Sense exit. So for me, it was actually a chance to kind of leverage some of the money I'd made into mm-hmm. other tech deals. Mm-hmm. So I, I learned a lot in those early days of the deals we were looking at, and kind of going, look, I experienced it. Raising money as the entrepreneur probably ended up talking to forty or fifty plus investors to get effectively only two investors on board. So you, mm. you know, and a lot of the East Coast venture funds and things, you just learn a lot through all the questions you're being asked and the reasons you're getting told you're not getting money. And uh, uh, and so when Green Sense had um, finished and I started looking at the startup community, I just found a lot of conversation from startups saying there's no money in Perth, but I was meeting a lot of investors who were saying there's no deal flow in Perth. <laughs> and and so Go Capital was one way of trying to fill that gap. And then at the same time, um, we, we bought Innovation Bay to Perth. So we sort of had this Series A kind of vehicle and then Innovation Bay was a, a seed capital kind of angel investment. So Go Capital, I think you needed like a million revenue. You needed to be post-revenue anyway. Yeah, that's right. Right. right early stage. Yeah, so so definitely we focused on growth capital investments. Scale-ups, what you're looking at. Yeah, and we did one um, investment that was pre-revenue and it taught me we should never have done that. Right. <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, so look, and, and some of the, the, the advertised ones that I can probably share a bit is, is Health Engine, which is obviously mm-hmm. a very well-known story and Marcus has been yep. here. Um, the other one's Isatana, which is a which is a really good story. And um, so we've done multiple investment rounds into those companies and right. um, has, 
that's $8 been million dollar round was we, we led yeah we led eight million for Asatana. Yeah, um, we were part of a I think it was about twelve million. Um, with Health Engine, and then we did right. the follow-on round, which Sequoia Capital came into as well. Million Twenty-six round, million, yeah, mm-hmm. so, um, yeah. So they and they've been really good stories for us. And I, I suppose for me, learning a lot of that investment thesis and what works and what so doesn't work. A lot of startups listen to this. If they're going to approach an investor such as yourself, mm. what do they need to get in order? What What are some of the do's and don'ts? Uh, do's and don'ts. Um, look, I think uh, like the one thing that's most important for me is the founder relationship. Right. And uh, I like people that have heard me talk about, talk about this, the, three the three Cs. I was yeah. just going to do the yeah. three Cs. Do you want me to talk about the three Cs? <laughs> do, do the three Cs. Three Cs. That's it's wonderful. not actually my content, but I'm not going to tell you it was because eventually I can claim it as my <laughs> You've said enough times, it's yours. <laughs> um, but yeah, so for me, I, it's like this little check. So the three Cs are character, competency, and chemistry. Um, and character is like I need to know that I can trust you, that you're going to be honest. And a lot of that's the reality is things are going to go wrong and kind of expect that in startup investing. But what I need to know is that you're going to come and uh, share that and talk about it and ask for help and be honest, be honest. about it. Yeah, Don't that's right. Hide it. Don't hide it. Mm. It's, yeah, that's right. So, that's really important. Um, competency. Bring the bad news as well as the good yeah, news. Yeah. It's part of early. Yeah, absolutely. Because right. we might be able to actually help and yeah. or have experienced something before we can share and, and things. So, uh, competency is some level of proof that you're good at what you do. So maybe you've, you know, maybe you were, you know, successful at high school, or maybe you've done well at uni, or maybe you've had a business before, or you had a good career, or, or whatever it looks like. Just something that demonstrates, you know, you, you're good at what you're trying to do here. Um, and I always think those two things you can uh, improve on, like and work on. The, the third thing is the chemistry factor, which is just that fact of life of can we sit down we're going to be spending a fair bit of time together if we can't enjoy each other's time over a coffee or a beer or something like that then it's probably not the right fit from an investment point of view yeah. um, so so definitely that that stuff's really important and if you ever get a chance to come in for a pitch just be thinking about those things for sure mm-hmm. be yourself but kind of be aware of that um other things I kind of like to see attraction. Yeah. So, um, just some level of proof that you're solving a customer problem and the yeah. customer has somehow validated that for you. Not not an assumption, not a thesis, not a um, not a survey of five people, but something that's meaningful. <laughs> Your that friends says, and family are buying it. Yeah, that's right. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. yeah. And well, I guess that's the point. My I mean, friends in, love it. <laughs> yeah. yeah. In an ideal world, one paying customer is Absolutely. is awesome. That's the best yeah. kind of traction I reckon there is. Um, so thinking about that. Um, I kind of you don't always know this, but to have thought about the question of defensibility. So mm. as your business builds, what's unique about what you're doing, or how are you going to be able to defend that against a market that starts getting created and people trying to take you down? How how, how are you defending against that? And it's it sometimes is IP, but that's not usually the answer to the question because in in reality, as a startup, if someone steals your IP, you don't have the funding to go and chase it, right? Mm-hmm. So um, certain technical industries that's really important, and I don't mean to under mind that, but I think you also need to think a bit more creatively around your defensibility. Mm. Um, so, they, those things are, I guess, at the high level, what, what I look high for. High level screening. Yeah. yeah. But also, I think when you come looking for investment, um, the two other things. One is just make sure your house is in order, like your business hygiene, um, because if we get into due diligence and suddenly 
Um, like I saw a company the other day and they, they had almost 20 shareholders and still didn't have a shareholders agreement. Cool. And it's like, I can't invest in that because now I'm going to have to wait for you to go and get 20 people to think about whether they're going to sign up to the deal or not. And that's just inefficient. So yeah. simple things like that um, and, and making sure you're ready to show business plans and all the things you'd expect. The other one, which... Um, um, usually is missing, um, which surprises me. Um, well, actually, it doesn't surprise me, but we need to get better at this as entrepreneurs. And that is the um, the story that tells me how I'm going to get either my money back or make a lot of money from you. Um, right. the, the reality is startup investing is probably the highest risk asset class there is for an investor. Um, I can probably take a medium level risk once you've got um, access to some funding and make somewhere between 10 and 20%, you know, that's that's your medium risk profile. So you start investing in startups, you're really looking for the, your 10 times plus yeah. type of return. Um, and, and too often I see founders present, hey, I need this much money. And typically they go around and say, I only want to give away 20% equity, therefore they've determined a valuation on the business. And so that's kind of be back to front. And very rarely do they then say, by virtue of you adding this much money to what I'm doing, here's what's going to happen to my business. Here's the scale I'm going to get to by virtue of the money you give me. And I'm, I'm not saying you need to know the exit pathway because I don't think you need to think about that too much. Just yep. build value, the exit will come. But I do think you've got to demonstrate, if I invest in your business today and it's worth, say, $3 million, you've got to show me how in four or five years' time we could justify that being worth $30 million yep. because that's how I'm going to get my money back. Mm -hmm. um, so the return of capital story is really important and, and missing in most pitch decks I see by which is about 900 to date. <laughs> 900, wow. So, so I've, lost, I've stopped tracking it, but it got up to that high and now I'm like, that, that's just a Do big number. Do you have thick skin doing this? Because you, you have to say no most of the time. 19 times out of 20, 29 times out of 30. Yeah, uh, I think, so, like, to be honest, because I've been on the entrepreneur side as best I can, I know not everyone thinks I'm a nice guy, but I try as best <laughs> I can um, to, to be <laughs> nice. And if someone's bothered to take the time to spend an hour or half an hour, um, even if we're not going to invest, if there's something really obvious, even though it might feel brutal, I'll, I'll try and give them that feedback because it's the yep. best thing they can get from, from each of us spending the time. Mm -hmm. um, and, and I just find that it's energizing. Like if a founder, no matter what, they've found a problem they want to solve, they're um, taking some level of risk and they're going for it. And that's cool. That's like even if it doesn't work out. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. So if I can do Good a little them. bit of something or say something that's mm -hmm. going to help or make an introduction, even if it's not mm -hmm. investment. Help in some I'd, way, even if you're not going to invest. Yeah. No. So I don't, mm -hmm. the thick skin for me is not, it's not part of it. It's more, yeah. I really like that relational dynamic. So. so what do you think the startup scene in Perth needs other than maybe a little more honesty or and directness? From from investors, what what else is it missing? Um, you know, I don't. It's, obviously, it's just a. Um, I mean, I've been in this part of the sector now for four or five years, and it's a common question that gets asked. Mm -hmm. And I, I'm actually not sure it needs anything different. I think it just needs more volume of, of what's happening. Um, the you know like I've seen 130 deals in six months through the Better Labs Fund. That's that's pretty good number of deals and lots of cool stuff happening. So more entrepreneurs doing that stuff is great. Um, it would be nice to think that there's more funding coming and more funding available. Um, so I suspect um, that's not actually about the money itself because I think there's a lot of money in Perth yeah. and there's a high risk profile in Perth. I think there's a education of investors that's required in terms mm -hmm. of what technology startup investing looks like. 
Um, but you need to keep in mind that the money's there. What we actually need is entrepreneurial people who can aggregate that money. You actually have to be an entrepreneur to be able to set up a venture fund or a private equity mm. fund, and then you've got to be entrepreneurial um, to work with the entrepreneurs, if that makes sense. So you kind of mm. almost, um, you know, because you, you end up being yeah. a startup yourself, right, yeah. when, you're, when you're setting up a fund and things. So anyway, I think I think the... Which is like, what you've done. Yeah, a little bit more yeah. money will be great, but it's more about educating the investors that are there or invest mm. in educating people that have the ability to give investors confidence for them to pull their money into a fund. That, that's Which probably... Innovation Bay, and we'll get onto that, mm. sort of does with its meetings and yeah, that breakfasts was, and lunches and... Yeah, quite. Yep, yep, quite an informal structure around that, but that was the idea. And high think, net worth individuals into yeah, a room and yep. And so, plan was deal. exactly that's right. So we'd get high net worths. So it would be angel investments. Um, we never got involved directly in the deal, but it was really about running these pitch nights where. We'd have a room full of investors over dinner. It was awesome. Three-course dinner. Um, the founders would pitch, and then really if an investor wanted to get involved, they could do that. Yep. We Leading into that, we had one event that was an entrepreneur event and one was a fa- uh, investor event um, where they got to hang out and meet people. That was great. I think Perth Angels is also doing a really yep. good job mm-hmm. of um, investor education. They do their well, masterclasses, so. don't they? Yeah, they've, they've been doing that, yep, which yep. has been great. Mm-hmm. So, yeah. Fantastic. Right. Well, look, we'll, um, we're going to finish up there, Derek, with oh. a rapid quick fire round of questions. So just answer the first thing that comes to your right. head. It's it's not painful, I promise. Single most important factor that makes a successful startup? Uh, single perseverance. Mm-hmm. Yep. We've heard variations of that before, resilience, perseverance, yep. yeah. that kind of thing. Uh, do you believe in insourcing or outsourcing? <laughs> um, outsourcing for home chores, insourcing for anything professional. <laughs> <laughs> Love it. Should a startup self-fund or raise money? Uh, I like the self-funding model because it's what we did. We bootstrapped, and I think that way you're taking the risk, and then you go and get investment when you're ready to scale and yep. putting money in the engine that's already working, mm-hmm. if you can. PC or Mac? Definitely Mac. Red or white? Uh, blue. Ah, there we go. How do you define that question? What, what's my favourite colour? Is it colour? There you go. Wine. Charlie Charlie intended it as wine. Oh, yeah. very interesting. But I've had answers white. You've had yeah. yellow, yep. red and white. Red yep. or white? Oh, well, okay. Red, red definitely. I'm a, red I'm wine? A, I'm, a red I'm a big red wine but fan. But blue is your favourite colour. Correct. There you go. <laughs> Love it. Uh, what podcast do you listen to? Oh, see, I was worried you were going to ask me this because I don't listen to a lot of podcasts. <laughs> Just say this one to uh, validate us. Of course, no, West. I actually do. Yeah, no, that oh, is good. true. Good. In fact, if there's only one podcast I listen to, it's you guys. So. Yes, <laughs> great <laughs> plug, and we're done. Thank you. <laughs> All righty. Well, uh, we will we will leave it there, Derek. Thank you very much for your time uh, and for all that you do and the, the many many things that you do in the Perth startup scene. Recently, you were a uh, noted for you. You were given the Achiever of the Year. I think yeah, that's at kind the of Insider Award. So that was very yeah. good recognition. Mm. Thank you. Yeah. And thank you for everything you do in the startup scene. But, awesome. but that was a great night. You getting mm. that award. Yeah. yeah. And likewise, you guys. I mean, this is awesome. Just oh, storytelling and things. That's great. <laughs> thank you very much. Well, look, we also need to thank our sponsors. So the Startup West podcast is produced by Startup News and is made possible by the support of IP Lawyers Raise, Spacecube Co-working Spaces, Curtin University, and BDO Accounting. Absolutely. Thanks to them. And we record this podcast at Riff Studios in beautiful downtown Perth, West Australia. We release a new episode every second week, usually on a Wednesday. So subscribe if you've not done so already. You'll get these automatically in your feed. Thanks, Derek. Thanks, Thanks Derek. See you guys.